This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Gathered together here in Toronto, we're bringing you Kelly and Company today. Wherever you are listening and appreciate it, we'll also love some feedback from you folks. You can do that by sending an email, feedback at ami.ca. That's feedback at ami.ca. Also, if you want to uh, maybe give us a call, especially with us uh, wrapping up Kelly and Company for a month, get in there. Give us a call. Maybe we can hear your voice on the air in the next couple of days. 1-866-509-4545. 1-866-509-4545. Mention it's for Kelly and Company. And if you don't mind, give us permission to use your message on air. On Twitter... At AMI Audio. That's the best way. Reach out to the program that way. Follow along with what's happening segment to segment or just overall interact. That's at AMI Audio on Twitter. Brock Richardson, he's riding along with me here in Toronto. Kelly McDonald, host of the program. And just down the hallway from us in Studio One over there. Grant Hardy joins us. Grant, welcome. Welcome back to Toronto. Hello, folks. It is an incredible luxury to... I've been with the Kelly Co. family now for a few months, but to actually be here live in studio with all of you, this is just way more exciting than I can possibly tell you. Well, we're glad to have you, Grant. I mean, you've been with the company now... Is it 12 years? 12 or 11? 12 years full-time. That's what uh, I thought. Seven, sorry, 12 years part-time, seven years full-time. Wow. So, uh, and yeah. it's been a while since you've actually been here, of course, with the pandemic in Toronto. Absolutely. Yeah, well, we're Absolutely. happy to have you with us, and Brock and I are happy to settle back and chat with you and uh, get a chance to, to visit. I'm sure for you, quite a rush, especially you know getting a chance to meet people that you never worked with before or had that opportunity, and, of course, the, the, the new people on the team that we're meeting. Absolutely. It's an incredible moment for me. And to be in studio here doing a hit, I'm not actually sure I've done a live uh, hit in studio before. Wow. Wow. So cool. Really excited. We're all part of the first, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Where are we starting? So we're starting with something a little bit heavier here. uh, But there is some good news because this is very preventable. So we're talking today about colon cancer. Uh, it's claimed another life, as you've maybe heard, Emmy Award and Golden Globe winner Kirstie Alley, best known for her roles in the television sitcoms Cheers and Veronica's Closet, died on Monday at age 71 after a battle with colon cancer that was recently discovered. A uh, representative from Alley's uh, confirmed to CNN via email that she had been diagnosed with colon cancer. Now, colorectal cancer includes colon and rectal cancers uh, and is the second most common cause of cancer death this year, outranked only by lung and bronchus cancer, according to the National Cancer Institute Surveillance Epidemiology and End Results Program. Regular checkups are the best way to keep colon cancer at bay, according to the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force. The task force actually has lowered the age to begin uh, begin screening for colon and rectal cancer to 45 last year after a worrisome spike in cases of colorectal cancers in people younger than 50. The new recommendations apply to everyone ages 45 to 75, even if you have no symptoms, you have no prior diagnosis, you have no family history or uh, 
personal history of polyps, which are the key uh, factors. Polyps are bumps or tiny mushroom-like stalks that grow inside the colon or rectum. If these growths are not found and removed, they can turn cancerous. Uh, luckily, uh, getting tested is pretty easy. And I'm going to talk about the way that I know that it's done in Canada, which is a really simple test, mail-in test, that look for blood cancerous cells in a sample of stool collected by the patient. Uh, these tests can have false positives, which would likely require a more invasive test to rule out cancer, such as a colonoscopy, because obviously there are other conditions uh, that can lead to blood in the stool. But if you get this test and it's negative, uh, as far as I understand, there are not false negatives. So basically, the thing about colon cancer is that, you know, look, it's it's embarrassing, right? We don't really like to think about it. And I think a lot of people put it off. Actually, I have some people in my family that just put off symptoms for years, oh, years boy. and years and years until all of us and it was just kind of too late. Uh, but the key is if you do get screened and you get that negative test, then you are golden. If your test comes back positive, it might be worth getting a colonoscopy just to rule out colon cancer because, hey, it sounds like a really unpleasant death. Well, and when we look at getting the fit test and and what that does in the way of, hey, let's see how things look good, look clear. We, we'll see in a couple of years. We'll do another one or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and again, the colonoscopy, uh, a lot of people will say to, to you the hardest part, of course, is the going without the food, um, eating your and just eating jello and broth or what have you. Uh, in that time period, but you know, bro, you know, Brock, I'm going to pass this to you and your thoughts. That ounce of prevention is definitely worth the the potential of not having to deal with with the cure if they can get ahead of things. And if there's anything there, give them a chance to take care of it. Well, and the first thing that I thought of when Grant was talking about this or starting it was, I would rather have the false positive than the false negative like if totally if and i know like it sounds weird like to say it that way but a false negative could really you know cause for major major concerns because you'd be sitting there going but i had a i had a a negative yeah well that was false versus having the the positive and then you run through all the tests as a preventative and you say oh phew i'd rather do it that way than the other way like that to me is the scariest part and I, i honestly i took a you know, huge sigh of relief in my head where it's like you'd rather that the the if you're negative that that's, you know, more secure than the false positive. Well, and the fact that there's they said, I, I think Grant, maybe I think I heard you right, say that there if you get a negative, it, it's it's generally accurate. You're more likely to get a. Uh, a positive that ends up being Correct. false, right? right? Yeah. So that's positive. That's great likely. to know. But I also wonder on age, like you said, Grant. 45 and up. And we've heard so much, and we've had the folks from uh, Movember on the program talking about testicular cancer, and we've had that conversation at, hey, folks, start getting looked at in your 30s and so on. Mm. And they're walking these things back because of advancements, because the numbers just going to get higher. The more and more they can catch people early, the more and more we're comfortable with it and starting that. And, and again, I understand 
here in Canada, there's a cost related to encouraging everyone to do the test, get get a colonoscopy if you need it, that kind of thing. But versus the cost of having to treat someone where we stop and say, if we had got to it just a little sooner, and that's yeah. what you want. You know, it's interesting. My, my mom actually used to uh, be the head nurse of the uh, colon screening program in my local area. So I'm hoping I'm getting my facts right. Otherwise, I'll get a oh, good dressing down it. later. But um, the the idea being that, you know, there are some cancers that are really tricky to catch, right? They're microscopic or whatever. They're super uncommon and there's just no way to know. But colorectal cancer is one of those things where you literally, you have years where you can catch it and just get rid of it. The cells are, are precancerous cells in, in most cases. So the majority of times, if you wait until you have symptoms, which a lot of people do, I have a favorite aunt that uh, that did this for years and years and years, just ignored symptoms, took laxatives, whatever, whatever. And finally, she just got really, really sick. And it was on a sort of retirement trip with her husband and that that was far too late it's far too late to do anything about it so the the key is you want to get screened regularly according to the guidelines from your doctor your gp and uh, that should help you get rid of whatever precancerous cells you have well and you just don't want to not get it done because it's awkward oh i don't want to make I don't want to do that on a paper and send it to somebody, or I don't want someone <laughs> looking up. You know, it, it's just the wrong reason not to do something. Mm-hmm. Well, and the truth is, and again, I don't mean to be getting all cliche here on this, but the truth is cancer has no acknowledgement of what age you are, right? And so we can all do studies, and I mean, I know somebody who had um, a testicular cancer in his 30s, you know, and, and at that time when he had it, people... People were surprised, and it's like, you know what? You better be safe than sorry, yep. and it's so true because if it's far too late or whatever, there's nothing you could do. Uh, no. You you know what's happening, and with sciences and all that, you know, there's been so many advancements that if you get it early and you just do your due diligence, then it should be okay. The Movember folks tell us, I think, 28, 30 years old, start thinking, start making sure you do your exams when it comes to it. Awesome uh, piece to start off with, Grant, and stuff to think about. All right. Well, let's move on and talk about an afternoon snack, possibly your favorite afternoon snack. I read this and I thought, is it potato chips? No, it's not. It's actually (laughs) almonds. Your favorite afternoon snack just got even more Appetizing, as if we needed another reason to love almonds, one of the healthiest, highest protein nuts you can find. A 2022 study out of the United Kingdom recently found that almonds are also beneficial to our gut health. Now, I know we've talked about almonds and other superfoods, quote unquote, on the show in the past, but... This research group at King's College in London published a small study that found eating a handful of almonds. I hope I said almonds, not walnuts. I'm second-guessing myself. Feels like it sometimes, I know. (laughs) Being in studio changes everything. A handful of walnuts every day for only four weeks increased the production of, I hope I'm not butchering this word, butyrate, B-U-T-Y-R-A-T-E, a short-chain fatty acid 
in participants. This fatty acid has been tied uh, with improved gut microbiome health as it's a main energy source for cells in the colon. When these cells are functioning at their peak, it creates an ideal environment for healthy gut microbes to flourish. The uh, gut microbiome is a group of over a trillion microorganisms that work together to support several different aspects of our health, including the gut and digestion, heart health, skin health, mental health, and many more. In between eating a colorful, plant-heavy, and overall diverse diet, almonds included, is essential to keeping your microbiome balanced and functioning. Do you guys like almonds? Love them. Um... Kind of like when they're disguised by chocolate. Oh, I but do too. I don't know <laughs> that's that, what I was uh, going to say too. Yeah. I wonder if that'll take the nutritional, uh, the, the value of this down. I highly doubt it because really it's just a coating, not. right? It's yeah. just a coating. Because yeah. that would um, just be unfair on so many levels. How about you, bro? Oh, chocolate covered all the <laughs> oh, way. Oh, no, hold on, hold on. He's just, man, he never mentioned chocolate. <laughs> uh, do you like almonds, though, overall? I do, yes. I would, I'd eat almonds any day if I could. But, would, oh, uh, interesting. Would you eat that? Like, again, it's one of those things that I found. I love almonds, but I think my upbringing always was, oh, they're expensive. And unless they're hidden in a box of chocolate-covered almonds, it's kind of one of those things that you do have to encourage people because I I don't know what it is. It's just not something I imagine sitting there. What are you doing? Oh, I'm just going to have my, like, my vitamins, my handful (laughs) of, you know, almonds, even though they're absolutely wonderful. Yeah. So interesting, isn't it, guys, to think that eating Junk food is easy, but eating healthy, it's there's so much like chemistry involved and stuff that it's actually hard to eat healthy because it's like you have to eat almonds, but do you also need this food for this other food to like process correctly? Or, you know, it's there's a lot more planning that you have to actually put oh, forth. Oh, gosh, yeah. And and to balance it out and to feel good because, again, you can like something, but when you get into day eight, nine of doing that, you start, oh, yeah, better take my almonds. You know, <laughs> you, you, you don't want to ruin something you like, but whatever you complement it with, you want it to be good. And as you point out, the expense of healthy eating in general oh, becomes the problem. So huge. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Grant, appreciate you bringing those trending items to us. We will ha- see you back here for What in the World later on in the program. You're most welcome. I'm going to call and yell at those researchers for not mentioning chocolate-covered co- almonds. We'll get that in the next study. Yeah, you know they were sitting there smiling, <laughs> saying, I wonder how many people will try to hide it behind chocolate. Oh, yeah. we know it. All for right, sure. guys, thanks so much. I thought they grew that way. Coming up next on the program... <laughs> Margaret Weldon tells us about the uh, Forgiveness Project, a program sharing stories that uh, will build hope, empathy, and understanding for all. Please stick around. We'll be back with that in two minutes. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.